1: It is Locked On Jazz for the 1st of April. April Fools! Don't worry, nothing coming in that regard. Not that creative this morning. We will instead look at what a wild and wacky weekend it was. Last night's game seemed like an April Fools. Plus, the Jazz are down to probably just two opponents in the first round, and it's a big difference. And a continuation of the shot distribution conversation from the other day. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On. Jazz, How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. It's great to be with you today on this Monday, April first. Some of my most favorite days in my radio broadcasting career. I'll tell the stories here in just a second. Nonetheless, this is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers. The show is available to you on the new Himalaya app. Have you downloaded Himalaya yet? Found out all the good features, fun things? The podcasting world is ever-evolving, and you need a great app to take you through it. Himalaya is your answer for that. Also available on Spotify, Google, Apple. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device, play podcast, Locked on Jazz. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, Weird weekend of games, and we will dig into that. Uh, For those who have been with me for a long, long time, uh, you probably remember some of our April Fool's pranks. Uh, the best one... Well, the best one ever was the worst one ever. We ruled... We did a whole show that Rick Majeris, The whole station had... Was leaving Utah and the BYU head coach, Roger Reed... Was going to leave BYU and go to Utah. In the time, we were in a bit of a sports radio war... With another station who all were good friends. And then, unfortunately one of the hosts on the other station proceeded to report what we were saying as a story, and then because we liked him, uh, had we had to pull back and um, pull the story. The other, my favorite one was a, but I think I might have done this in Seattle, was a scripted story um, about the... Uh, this crazy Little League parent who wouldn't let his kid play for a certain team because the sponsor of the team was a pizza joint and the pizza joint didn't hold enough class for his brand and we did a whole show on that. Yeah, a little nutty. All right, we've got a bunch to talk about. I want to go back and review our... That one was really fun. We scripted that whole thing out. Um, I want to go review the weekend. We actually have not updated our... Playoff spreadsheet since, um, since I think, the tw- a few days. So, let's start. Denver had 30% game against the Rockets, 24% game against the Thunder, and an 86% win game against the Wizards. What I think, by the way, has happened, and we're going to talk about this today, is teams have gotten tired. We talked about that this was going to happen the whole time, but you'll see it here. So... The, uh, the, the, the 20, 30% game against the Rockets, Denver loses. The 24% game against the Thunder, Denver wins, which was awesome. And then they come back for the first game home back from a road trip, and they drop it, which was stunning. So if we update Denver, um, they are 2-1 now in unlikely games. They lost their second certain win of this span, so they have underperformed a bit, um, a little, little surprising uh, so far. Actually, it's just their first loss in that regard. I don't know why um, I have that in there actually. So that that was just their first loss. Oklahoma City had been the only other team up to that point. No, nope, they lost to the Pelicans earlier. So Denver and Oklahoma City are the only teams to have lost, you know, an eighty-four percent win probability game uh here. Uh I you know, we'll we'll dig into this in a second. Oklahoma City, on the other hand, drops a seventy-six win percent chance game to the Nuggets and an eighty-eight percent win chance game to Dallas last night. Dallas isn't even trying to win. Oklahoma City is now three and three in certain wins. One and six In games that have a 60 to 80 win probability. They are just an absolute free fall to the 8th playoff spot right now. Amazingly, with all the injuries, Portland beat Atlanta, which was a 75 win probability. And this was my point when Portland had these injuries. One is they're playing great. And two is that they weren't playing games that they were going to lose anyway. They do fall in a 43% game last night to or the other night to Detroit. They play Minnesota tonight, and they're 41% win on that. They then play the Grizzlies, 75 They then play Denver back-to-back. I think you can assume a loss there, and the Lakers and Kings to close. So I think Portland has maybe two more losses left this season. That would get Portland to 30, and if we win out, we go ahead of Portland. That's, that's the scenario. Um, and I've I kind of have been on this the whole time, frankly. That if we're gonna, we got to get to fifty-two, fifty-three. We can't get to fifty-three anymore. To, fifty-three was my to secure home court. Uh, fifty-two looks like it might do it. So if we win out, I think Portland could lose two more games. That if they don't lose tonight, then they probably can't. But then they have the Denver twice. They lose one, maybe both of those. The Lakers and Kings to close it. Houston. Is really good. Uh, they went and beat the Nuggets earlier this week. And then uh, played Sacramento and won that game. 119-108. to So Houston is hopefully getting to that third seed, frankly. Because we don't want to play them. They have the Kings, Clippers, Knicks, Suns, Thunder on the last game of the season. I don't know that they have losses left. I really don't. Uh, And they're sitting at 28 losses as well. But I don't think they have losses left. And we're three games back from them. Point is, I think there's no chance we get to three. We're three games back from Houston. They're not losing three games. We're two games back plus no tiebreaker. They're not losing three games the rest of the way in five. We're not catching Houston. So one's out of the picture, two's out of the picture, three's out of the picture. For us. Uh, Houston has been really good. You know, they've just won all the games they're supposed to. They are, in games where they've had a win probability above 60%, they're 12-1. and We only played once. We have this nice soft schedule. We are now 7-0 and in games with an 80% of win probability or better. San Antonio played Cleveland and won as they are supposed to, um, and then played s- last night against Sacramento and lost, which they're not supposed to, uh, which was a little bit of a surprise. So that, that puts a little bit of a stunner. In. And San Antonio, with that 80% loss to the Kings, which is another, this is why I think teams have just gotten tired. These are not games they're supposed to be losing. Um, now I think you can eliminate that possibility from our standpoint our standings. San Antonio and Oklahoma City with their disaster losses are 3 games behind us. We're not losing 3 the rest of the way. So you can eliminate 7 and 8. We are now down to 4, 5 or possibly 6 in our standings. That that's it. Like this has gotten this has gotten slim. Let's look at the playoff odds and what they say. So uh 538 unpredictable. And we'll start with 538. We always do. I don't know why, but we do because their graphics are prettier, probably. Uh, and what we're set at right now, projection, is we tie with Portland at 51. They have us going 51 and 31, losing one more the rest of the way. Portland losing three more the rest of the way. Feels like a lot. I'm going to go, we have to win out, and that they have to. And then the Clippers are at 6 at 49. Thunder and Spurs are at 47. Nuggets are at 54. Rockets at 53. Rockets winning out. That seems about right other than I think we're going to have to win out and get to 52 if we think we're getting home court. Basketball reference has Warriors at 56. Nuggets at 54. Rockets at 52. Blazers at 51.6. They don't have the injury equated for us at 50. That has us losing two more, which feels like a lot. Clippers at 49 and the Spurs at 47. I didn't run through the Clippers. They're one game behind us. Um, they have been crazy, crazy good recently. Uh, they played Milwaukee the other night. And uh, lost that game. Which showed that they actually could lose, which we weren't convinced of for a little while there. But that was a 12, but that wasn't a big deal. That was a 12% loss. That's a game we knew that they would lose. They then came back, beat the Cavaliers, and beat the Grizzlies. At 84 and 61. Their next game is a rock they play the Rockets. So we need them to lose that. They're only one game behind us in the loss column. And then they play uh then they play the the Lakers at 59, the Warriors at a 7%, and us. We play their final game of the season um, uh, at L.A. So they have four left, and they could have a hard time with all of them but the Lakers. So we'll see how that plays out. Um ESPN's BPI has Golden State 56, Denver 45, Houston 52, Portland 52 and 30. Us at 50 and 32, Lakers at 49, OKC and San Antonio 47. What a fall by OKC. Here's my favorite, which is unpredictable. I think they do this well. The Warriors are 82% to be the one seed. Denver is 72% to be the two seed. Houston is 43% to be the three-seed. However, Portland is 48% to be the three-seed. Now, I don't know if that's equating in the injury to Yusuf Nurkic and wherever C.J. McCollum is. But they have Portland more likely to be the three than Houston. Houston is 43% to be the four-seed. Portland is 47% to be the four-seed. And we're twenty-five percent to be the fourth seed. We are sixty percent to be the fifth seed. The Clippers are six percent to be the five seed. Portland is nineteen percent to be the five seed, the Rockets are eight percent. We're gonna be the five seed. Sure it be looks like we're back where we've been the whole last few times. Clippers are 35% to be the 6th seed, 39% to be the 7th seed. Oklahoma City is now 60% to be the 8th seed. And San Antonio is 45% to be the 6th seed and 33% to be the 7th seed. So they still have... The Spurs is actually the most likely 6th seed, which is what locks us into All Alright, that's where we sit. We will... Continue to break this down and look at it. Shot distribution, did a ton of research on it over the weekend. Really excited to share what I have for you uh, coming up uh, for you next uh, as we look at that. MLB launch took place for you. Make sure you go grab your favorite Major League Baseball team. We'll continue to expand those on the Locked On Podcast Network. And you following the feed of feeds. Locked On NBA Net is the Twitter account that has every single one of our Locked On hosts on the same feed. Pretty awesome way to follow what's happening in the NBA. Today's show is brought to you by Homie. Homie is changing the real estate world for your benefit. All these years we've had... Real estate being the same, you give your percentage, it always ends up being the same deal. And, you know, regardless of what you've done with your house, well, guess what? That day is over. Homie is now making it simple. A flat fee of fifteen hundred dollars to list your house, and the homie team then gets behind you. They're selling houses faster on the market than average. They're selling for more on the market, and you're walking away with more equity because you paid just fifteen hundred dollars. If your house is worth 300,000, 500,000, 700,000 or you've done a great job with a remodel that's made your house worth more. All of it comes back to the same $1,500 to list your house. Find out more by texting my friends at Homie to at 88588 text lock to 88588. That's lock to 88588. Find out how the Homie team works together to give you the best experience while saving you tremendous amount of equity. Just $1,500 to list. Text LOCK, L-O-C-K-E to 88588. Now let's hear from Spencer Nelson and our friends over at Iron Gate Global Advisors. I'd like to introduce you to Iron Gate Global Advisors, financial group out of Salt Lake City. I found out about them From Spencer Nelson, former Utah State Aggie, great basketball player, and beyond his jump shot, he's got an MBA, he's worked in private equity, he's got experience working in Wall Street, accounting and financing degrees, and he's now working with Iron Gate Financial. And here's why.
0: As I evaluated my options and looked at different firms, it became clear to me that the real question I needed to ask was, who would I trust managing my portfolio? And as I got to know Brett, and I got to know Brian, I was able to see how they differentiate themselves from so many other wealth management firms and the real value that they create. And it was clear to me that I wanted to work with them.
1: Brian's a long-term financial expert. Brett, who's been in the business forever, has got an options background. They have a strategy, a direction, and a process. And most importantly, as a small firm, they understand your journey. If you'd like to find out more about Iron Gate, give Spencer a call at 888-591-0334. That's 888-591-0334 or email him at spencer at igga.com. Anytime we're talking investing, understand that past performance isn't indicative of future results. Also, options may not be for everyone. They have different risks. Make sure you consult a professional before doing anything with them. Do your due diligence. So the other day on the program, we kind of touched on the value. Like, why are the Jazz winning, right? So this was a little bit of my question of, like, are we that good? Ran through all the numbers. And, I, and I'll be honest. I um, was having a hard time um, trying to figure out why we're good. Like, that's, um, you know, I mean, let me rephrase that. Trying to, hard time trying to figure out how good we are. A lot of people coming up, oh, you're so good, this and that. And, you know, yes, on the show on Friday, if you haven't listened to Friday's show, it's timeless. It's probably worth going back to listen. A lot of what we discovered was that, you know, the defense is really great and, and that it's considerably better than the rest of the league's defense, and that's our edge. And now how that holds up? time, you know, once you get in the playoffs against better offensive teams, I think time will tell. Um, and that's probably the one difficult thing. But, you know, right now our defense overall for the whole season is at 104.6. The next best in the NBA is Oklahoma City at 106.4 in the Western Conference is at 106.4. The next best Western Conference team is Memphis, who's not in the playoffs, is Golden State at 109.0. So we're four and a half points better than every defense in the NBA other than Oklahoma City. And Oklahoma City, and Denver's then 11th at 109.1, and then you go to Portland, who's at 110.1, and some of this is because the best offenses of teams are all Western Conference teams. Golden State's one, Houston's three, Portland's four, San Antonio's five, Denver's six, Clippers are eight, you know, Minnesota's 11, New Orleans is 12, so, and we're 15. So, On one level, this is a little misleading because these other teams are all below average because of the fact that they play us. But we play them too, and our defense is just that much better than everyone else's. So what is that? Well, some of it comes back to simply shot distribution and how smart we play. Dennis in the front office has built a team that plays this way, and then a coaching staff that's completely committed to it. And I dug into, I kind of started... In a roundabout, my my memory is that on Friday I did it in a roundabout manner of this to try to see what, um, you know, hey, this is probably some value to this and what's going on with it. And then after the show, I really dug into it and found what I thought was some pretty incredible stuff. So let's take shot distribution. If you shoot a shot in the restricted area, it's one point two six points per shot. It's why still everyone misunderstands the value of Rudy. If you just want to dunk, like you anything in the mid range that's not in the restricted area. So paint non-restricted area, long twos is all 0.8 points per shot. The corner 3 right now is 1.15 and the above the break is 1.05. Okay? So if you're rounding everything up, it would be 1.3 is restricted, 1.2 is corner, 1.1 is above the break and 0.8 is paint. That's it. That's the easiest way to remember it. It's not entirely accurate. You're pumping those corner those threes up a little bit too much for that. Um, but it's close. So, Or you can just put the five on the back of it, and that makes it easier. So restricted area is 1.25. It's 1.26, but we're doing this for ease, so you remember it. So restricted area is 1.25. Corner three is 1.15. Above the break is 1.05. And then paint's point eight. Or, excuse me, non-restricted area two is 0.8. It's a big difference. Excuse my sneeze there. Allergies. So we have the fourth best shot distribution in the NBA. When we, If we play a team with average shot distribution, we have a 2.1 point advantage solely based on where the shots are coming from. Two point. Okay, so what is two points worth? In the statistic world, a point is worth 2.7 wins over the course of a season. So, yes, our offensive shot distribution, which is on just an average offense, which on a team that doesn't shoot well, we shoot below what our expected value of shots is. But that is giving us about 5.8 wins a year. Now, our shooting being subpar is bringing that number down. It does make you consider, like, if we had a good shooting point guard and a good shooting stretch four, what might be possible. The answer to that is, frankly, Milwaukee. Milwaukee has the best offensive shot distribution after having one of the worst a year ago, and they're plus three. Houston's plus 2.5. Atlanta's plus 2.2. Utah's plus 2.15. Actually, Atlanta and Utah are tied at 2.15. Here's where this gets significant. After the Lakers, who have the most shots at the rim, and Boston is 1.37 at six, there's no other team above one. So... There's a pretty substantial advantage we have on most nights here. The top five teams I just mentioned have a winning percentage of 56%. That's pretty significant. It's not great, but it's pretty significant. It's a higher correlation to winning than a good free throw rate or not turning the ball over. About the same as offensive rebounding. Defensively, So, offensively, we gained 2.15 points by our shot distribution. Easier to have an impact offensively than defensively because you can dictate where you want your own shots to come from. Defensively, we're number one in the NBA at 1.87 points per night. This is Rudy. Both these are Rudy, actually. So, we forced, if we played an average team, just based on where we forced shots, We're 1.87 points better defensively just based on where we allow our shots to come from. It's a big deal. Again, 2.7 points. That's five wins a season. Number two is Milwaukee. Number three is San Antonio. Number four is the Warriors. Number five is the Nets. The best five teams in defensive shot distribution have an average winning percentage of 62%. Now we're talking about a strong correlation. The bottom five teams are at just 37%. So you allow the wrong shots, you're going to have a tough time. Breaking it into thirds, the top ten defensive teams in shot distribution, not whether the shots are going in, people. Not whether the shots are going in, just distribution. Distribution are 58% win possibility. The middle 10 are at 49, and the bottom 10 are at 43. 58, 49, 43. That's significant correlation. Combine these two. And now we get into something really interesting. And I'll show this to you in another fashion as well. This is not April Fool's. Utah and Milwaukee are, who interestingly, because Bud and Quinn were on the same staff, and asking Quinn, they have not actually talked about this. They just both intuitively get it. I have a serious advantage over the rest of the NBA. Milwaukee's combined is plus 4.9. Let's zero in on Milwaukee for a second. Their shot distribution from last year is about seven points better, which is going to come out to about 19 wins, which is exactly the amount of win increase that they're getting from going from Jason Kidd to Mike Budenholzer. We can talk about Milwaukee's all better and doing everything. They got Brooke Lopez. They fixed from the worst shot distribution in the NBA to the best shot distribution in the NBA, and it's worth about 18 wins in a season, and we're seeing it come to fruition. It's an incredible thing. Oh, there's got to be other values. There probably are, but this on its surface is a huge part of what just made Milwaukee the number one team in the NBA. Right? And, you know, I, I'm not trying to yearn for other players on, from our team, but just give for an example for a second. You know, if you look at Milwaukee's roster, it's just a little different than ours, and Giannis does a lot, but Brogdon shoots 43% from three. Snell's 40%, Middleton's 38 Ilyasova's 38 Sterling Brown's thirty eight. Brook Lopez is thirty-eight. DJ Wilson's thirty-six. Mirtich is just is thirty-six. Matthew Delvadova's thirty-six. He's only Mirtich only played fourteen games for him. Delvadova's only played twelve. All right, George Hill's struggling miserably at twenty seven. Bledsoe's only at thirty three from three. And then Giannis obviously is their version of Rudy. They're so they're playing this style with a bunch of guys that can really shoot it. We've got Tabo at 42 and George at 42, don't really play together. Royce at 40, Kyle at 38, Joe at 38, and then we drop pretty fast. We're at 35 for Donovan, 33 for Neto, 33 for Crowder, 31 for Rubio, 22 for Favors. We just don't have that same shooting to exploit how great our shot distribution is on the offensive end, um, but it's still massively significant. It's pretty awesome. And the fact that we don't take mid range shots. Fine, you're not a great three point shooter and get to the rim. Right? Like, I think that's equally as important as anything else we're talking here. Like, understanding how to play this right. So if you take the combined, Milwaukee's at plus 4.9, we're at plus 4.0, Boston's at 2.6, Houston's at 2.4, and then it drops under two. Atlanta's at 1.8. Detroit, Dwayne Casey is at 1.5. The combined winning percentage of the top six teams with offensive shot distribution minus shot distribution is 57%. The bottom team is 36. The four-point advantage we have on a nightly basis is worth 10.8 wins a season. So why do a bunch of analysts look at us and think that we're like a 50-ish win, t- 40-ish win team, 45 win, and we're going to go win 50? This is why. This is the subtlety to what we're doing of why we're, we're good. All right, I'm going to look at shot quality next, uh, not just shot distribution, which is kind of the next line of all of this. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Slow the Flow. What are you doing to help slow the flow in Utah? I know it seems like we're a streaky shooter, and sometimes we've got a lot of water coming our direction, but frankly, we're in a desert, and it's always important for us to slow the flow. There's all sorts of things we can do to make things better and uh, make our area better and our, our world better, and you can do the same uh Along with us, and that is whether it's taking your showers a minute shorter, taking showers instead of tubs, getting a low flow toilet or a low flow shower those things all can save you and turn you into a w e r all star that 's what we 're looking for is the possibility of letting you become a slow the flow all star by becoming uh, one of the great people in our community helping us out. Go check it out. Slowtheflow.org as we get toward the spring and our lawns start showing. There's great devices that can help you slow the flow with your watering and wind of water. It's all at slowtheflow.org.
0: Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it. And if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash NBA. That's Freshly.com slash NBA.
1: All right, let's look at shot quality here for a second to wrap this up. Hopefully you find, I mean, I think, I find this to be an incredible find. So shot quality is measured by a second spectrum shot called quantified shot quality. Um, Our, if, if if an average player took the shots that we get compared to the shots that we allow, we would be 3.3 percentage points better per night in our offensive effective field goal percentage than our defensive effective field goal percentage. 3.3. If the average player took every shot, that is 5.66 points per game. Now, unfortunately, we're a little below average shooting, but still, 5.66 points per game. By the way, if you just look at differential over the years... And you take, if you're a plus six differential, like that puts you on the win chart somewhere. There's a very consistent straight line. Zero is 41. One is, you know, two, three. It's very consistent. That's another, that, that equates out, that actually, our shot quality. And so this adds into Quinn's ability with his offense and what we do to go get us open looks. That equates to 15 wins a season. So the fact that we're getting wide open looks, now some of them are Derek Favors' corner threes, and some of them are Ricky Rubio above the break threes, the team's just letting us have, because those guys are not particularly good shooters, and frankly, Jay Crowder at 33% doesn't always add up either in our benefit, and so sometimes this is teams letting us have these shots. But what is unique here is back to the same thing we found in shot distribution, that Milwaukee and Utah are doing this at a rate far superior to every other team in the league. We have a 5.6, 5.7 advantage. Milwaukee has a 5.8. The next closest is Brooklyn at 2.7. So Milwaukee and Utah are gaining three more points than any other team in the NBA every night. Five points against all but eight teams. And against more than half of the league, the Jazz and the Bucks have a six-point advantage when the night starts. Based on where your shot distribution is. And the quality of shots. What's interesting the other night is we had a tough time against Washington in a close game. Washington went to go beat Denver. But one of the reasons we had a tough time is they blew up our shot distribution. We didn't didn't have the advantage against Washington that we usually have every night. On that given night, we took 26 mid-range shots. They took 28. We took 29 shots at the rim. They took 33. They had better shot distribution that night. We luckily made 23 of our shots at the rim and shot a very high percentage of our 29 and shots 80% at the rim, or else we would have lost that. And we shot incredibly well on above-the-break threes, 10 of 19, or we lose that game. We had an unusual shooting night to beat Washington. But we lost our shot distribution advantage. And so in a game that was surprisingly close that we suddenly lost our five or six point advantage, and if we'd had it, then we'd probably win that game by 11 or 12 and we'd go on. The correlation between good teams of good shot quality, not makes, just 56% winning percentage for the top six teams, 33% for the bottom six teams. Divided into thirds, it's 57, 53, 41. If you have bad shot distribution, you can't win. This is the huge edge we have every night. Now, as we go into the playoffs, can we maintain that edge? Does it work as much? Do we get games like the other night against Washington where our shot distribution gets blown up? And then suddenly when our shot distribution is blown up, we lose that edge. That's, that's a tricky part for us. Is that that's that's somewhat you know how what our our trick has to be you know you, you have to be able to make shots, which is not you know our strength is preventing you from making shots, not making shots anyway, I hope you thought that was interesting. that is today's edition of locked on jazz. make sure you go catch the latest MLB channel, download the app, himalaya and grab the show and continue. Uh, to listen to Locked on NBA. Josh Lloyd, biggest stories, local experts today. Love that show every Monday on the Locked On Podcast Network.